Well, hello everyone. We are finally back after a long time, and I have my man Spirit Archangel. How are you doing, Ren? Doing pretty good. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, doing good, man. Good into a long week. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, um, obviously, those who don't know, um, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you're all about. So, uh, I'm Spirit Archangel. Um, most people know me by Jimmy. Um, I'm a former Street Fighter 4 player. Back in about 2010 to about 2013, I used to play Street Fighter 4. I kind of um, took a hiatus because of work and stuff and came back and now I'm playing Tekken 7 since last year. So, I'm a Leo main. And I'm from Auckland. So. Yeah, I think you're like our only residual Leo main in these parts, eh? Um, like an actual main, yeah. Other than Batman Chief, but he's in Wellington now. And I think a few others like um, Jonah, he plays Leo as like a secondary, but not as like an actual main. I think he's in the King main, mostly. Because I did play him at Four Color Fight Club, and he was playing King against me. So I think that's his actual character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just... um. I mean, obviously, we have a, an idea about certain characters uh, in terms of strength, you know, like Brian and Feng, but where do you see Leo? Because I don't think Leo gets as much, I wouldn't say attention, but I think Leo often gets overlooked. I think a lot of people find her quite um, black and white, like really um, boring and same old, same old, like always doing similar stuff. Yeah. But I think that's mostly because Leo had a bit of a bad rep in season one, from what I heard. Like the counter hit back one, falls over and over again, getting yeah. like free combos and stuff. But for me personally, I'd say Leo is probably like secret A tier because she's pretty underrated. So you do have a lot of like good tools, safe options. Of course, you got some risky like big moves and stuff, but usually those are the moves that you use once you've kind of got your opponent thinking oh what's he gonna do next and then you kind of surprise them because leo has a lot of like surprising crushing moves and stuff like that so for me i definitely say she's at least a tier yeah but she does need like some fixes here and there but mm. you know those those are minor things they're not like things that will really affect your game yeah you know long term well, I mean, they. Yeah. I think when they released Tekken, when they released Leo for Tekken Six, they did say mm. that she was to be a friendly character and easy to use. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, do you think that still translates to to Tekken Seven? Yeah, definitely. Because I came from playing Tekken Six originally. I didn't play for that long. I think I've only played for maybe a year and a half. But I wasn't like competitive in Tekken Six. Yeah. And I didn't play Tekken until last year and i basically picked up leo remembering only those tekken 6 knowledge stuff about mm -hmm. her and i basically could get by because barely anything was changed other than having to use like screw moves now instead of the bound mechanic that they had back then so i mean for me i adjusted pretty quickly it was just getting out of the habit of doing tekken 6 combos because they don't work but that was basically the only thing i had trouble with yeah how did you find the um, Tekken 6? How did you find Leo in Tekken 6? Um, she wasn't very good because she was very basic, but movement was much bigger in that game than in Tekken 7, I'd say. Hmm. So <clears throat> a lot of the times you would get stepped or backdashed out very easily, and she didn't have any good like 
tools as she she has the same tools basically but frame wise and like properties her properties wise they were very different yeah and then obviously there were um more pickups when people were tech rolling and stuff so you could lead into a new combo but in tekken 7 that's not a thing anymore because i think they took it out to prevent like infinite tech roll loops and stuff but um yeah so i definitely feel like um i had an easier time in tekken 7 than tekken 6 because tekken 6 was a lot harder in my opinion than tekken 7 yeah definitely like, yeah so i mean tekken 7 kind of bit it kind of bit that esports bullet in that they tried to make it more um adaptable for new players and maybe seasoned players didn't get that much but it seems like with the way they've treated tekken up until recently it's it's really like it it's a it's just a genuine generally good game overall for all kinds of players yeah definitely i mean i do notice that a lot of stuff was dumbed down but the game still favors um legacy skill over not having it so people that have played for a long time can still pick up the game play it and get fairly far with it whereas new players it's a lot more friendly easier to get into and it's not like so um intimidating like the older games were because back then like we didn't have any resources to learn anything we kind of just looked on the internet on youtube videos we had to study matches to learn yeah. combos and we stuff. were carrying papers we, and stuff yeah 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 we actually had to pay to to practice combos you know because back then it was the arcade scene you know all we had was like the time zone in queen street or like the old um e-funds you know yeah. rest in peace e-funds so uh, yeah and that, we, we had to pay like two dollars a game and then you just prayed to god you didn't get like wrecked by your friend while trying to learn learn combos or just even learn how to play yeah. it was pretty rough i mean especially now nowadays with console you can just buy the game go into practice mode and just practice to your heart's content you know like it's it's such a big contrast yeah from that you know i mean the game you're right the game but also the scene has evolved like it's really great that you can just reach out to people like people will just hit you up for matches whereas like you said during that time period you kind of had to you had to earn your right to to get to challenge the the, yeah. you know, the the tough people yeah i mean like i remember seeing just to name drop a few pro players i remember from back then like there was rambo yeah Sazov, and <laughs> you, make, and stuff, you and... make rambo sound like he's an old you make him sound like he's old news he's just like oh I'll just drop some legends uh rambo <laughs> yeah i mean he he's like me he kind of um had to take a break for a while and came back but i mean i've known him since since then and i didn't really talk I, we didn't really keep in touch for a couple years and so you know me coming back and seeing all these familiar faces as well as some new faces were kind of like a good thing for me because I wasn't really sure like what the community was really like now and because obviously back then we had to line up you know put your coin down or your time zone card down to like be the next in line and you know they used to give you mercy rounds if you were really bad you know like yeah they called it seconds right yeah yeah so <laughs> like they destroy you for like two rounds and then you just get two free rounds and then you're just like man these guys are so good <laughs> and then it's like the last round oh, switch flicks back on you know, you're, you're playing the real the real game now, and you just you just can't do anything. <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. It's so brutal, man. Yeah. So, like, what's I mean, um what what are some of your best memories from the arcade? I think it was um when Time Zone used to hold um those like I don't I don't remember like if it was weekly or monthly or whatever, but they used to hold um t- Tekken Six tournaments, yeah. and I remember like 
guys from Wellington, Christchurch and stuff would come to Auckland and compete. And then just watching like the best of the best we had back then just duke it out was it was pretty insane. I mean, even back then, um, they were insanely good. So it was just interesting to watch how they would play and you know what would happen because you never knew who would win you know it was, yeah. it was pretty hard to tell so where do you see arcades in the next few years i mean in terms of like fighting games and anything that's not like party kind of games i think it might not be as common because mm. to me now the image of an arcade isn't really like going down to go play Tekken or street fighter or like the old like spaces vibe like we don't get that vibe anymore it's all the party games right like pac-man yeah 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 yeah. or like um those ones where you win tickets like claw machines and stuff like that now like that's all i can think of when i hear arcades so that's pretty much the image i get now because it's just so normal normalized now with what we used to have when we were you know still going to school and stuff you know yeah i mean now now like nowadays it's just it's it's a real pastime for me if i'm if I've just come back from a meeting and I'm heading to the bus, but I still have like an hour to wait, I'll go to the arcade. Like that's what I do now. I just go there because I have nowhere else to go to kill. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's just a way of just like finding an excuse to go there just to waste time. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, Cause we used to go there to have fun and catch up with your mates or whatever and like have a couple games, but now it's just like, I got nothing better to do. Might as well just go have a look. Yeah, man. Like even if you don't have a like a game of anything, you just go around having a look just to see what's there now. Did you, you ever know, enter any of the tournaments at um, any of the arcades? Ah, uh, no, I didn't. I was too intimidated to enter back then. I didn't actually start entering tournaments until Southern Cross Up in 2013. I used to mostly just play um, in the arcade, and then when console came out. I kind of stopped going to the arcade and kind of started playing at home and just like inviting friends over to play offline and that was about it really yeah it's it's just so weird to see how things are now that inviting people over like back then you'd be like oh like it's just now that's the norm you know just having locals and just getting together with your mates or the your 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 competition and just yeah I mean, when was the last time you actually had a get together um like a fighting game get together i mean I had like two mates over and that was like the most I could have because like my place isn't big and stuff like that. So I think that was around 2011 maybe or 2012 or sometimes I'd go to my friend's house and play. As long as one of us had console version of the game, we would just invite each other to each other's places and we'd just play some offline games. Yeah. That's basically what happened. Were you jamming any other games besides, um, besides fighting ones? I mean, I was playing a lot of, like, Final Fantasy and stuff. I mean, I'm a big JRPG fan, so like, yeah. I play a lot of Japanese RPG games and stuff like that. So I played, like, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, like, Breath of Fire and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, those, those were my two main genres, was fighting games and role-playing games. So, so which one are you? Ex- so which one would you fancy more, Kingdom Hearts 3 or the Final Fantasy VII Remake? I think... Kingdom Hearts 3, because I waited for like 10 plus years, right? And I mean, I, I initially I was a bit skeptical. I was like, is it really coming out now? Because I waited <laughs> so long. And then it finally came out and I was like, okay, I guess it's time to pre-order the game. It's coming out in like two weeks. Let's just, let's just see what, what happens. Like, yeah. I went in with no expectations because I kind of heard that the series went 
a bit not downhill but it, I'd it say kind like, of went askew a bit yeah it went off into different tangents and kind of get got really confusing with all these like spin-off games and side games in between like the main series yeah and i was just like i don't know what square enix is doing right now but i'll just i'll just give them one more chance because this kingdom hearts thing yeah because so. the intellectual property for disney like with all the new uh franchises that have come out from disney i just knew that if they would do a kingdom hearts 3 it would totally kill because you've got so much like Rickard ralph moana frozen like there's so much that they could have included yeah i mean a lot of the um kingdom hearts 3 worlds they're all pixar films so there's no final fantasy characters at all in this current game and they were all just like movies basically yeah and they've just released the dlc which i haven't got yet but i haven't looked into it because i kind of want to go in blind so i'm just kind of waiting for the right time to buy it and i heard the final fantasy characters are in it again so kind of excited but at the same time it's like don't want to expect too much yeah because the final fantasy characters was what made it interesting for me and it all appealed to me because i was like kingdom hearts what the hell is this like <laughs> is this is this this kid that uses a key sword and i'm like wait there's final fantasy characters in it and because i already loved final fantasy and i was like okay this okay okay i can give this game a go and then i loved it and then kingdom hearts 2 was like amazing it's still probably my favorite like game kingdom hearts game yeah and then nothing for like 10 years and i'm like man what are they doing <laughs> bro my sister would hound me like when she was little my sister would hound me to play those kingdom hearts games because she would just love to watch the cinematics like there was a scene yeah, yeah, yeah. at the dark table with like maleficent the boogeyman captain hook she 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 loved that stuff man yeah i think it was a it was a bridge for like jrpg fans final fantasy fans that also liked like the disney stuff because mm. i always liked um disney as well i remember growing up like watching mickey mouse and stuff like that and then getting into like nine before christmas and so i mean not just final fantasy but finding out that some of the disney movies that i liked as a kid you know was like able to be relived through that game like mm. nostalgia wise you know it was great and so what they did with that series for the first two games was was like the best thing ever like no other game did that yeah it was just like such a different concept and having like actual disney characters as your like party you know that was cool yeah. that was undone back then so well then going from that to the remake of final fantasy 7 where are you standing on that i've actually always liked final fantasy 7 the original version because that was actually one of the final fantasies where i actually followed every story like i played the original ps1 version and then i played the prequel i watched all the movies and all like the um in between like parts of the whole story so i'm definitely excited for it and i'm definitely going to pre-order and try and stream it when it comes out I but mean, um how long has it been since the original like teaser trailer because it just it just seems like it's like will it really be coming out like you know just that whole thing of the anticipation of it like it's really been it's, it's been quite yeah, a long I think, time i think for me this is the same feeling that i had with kingdom hearts with the whole like is this really happening mm. like are they just gonna tease us with all these like footage and then nothing happens kind of with the whole like final fantasy versus 13 thing yeah that you may you may or may not know which ended up becoming final fantasy 15 
just like reworked and stuff and everyone was hyped for that and then nothing happened like no word for like i think a good five six years i think that was teased in like 2008 it was a long time ago that's why I'm a like... really really long time yeah so i mean i was still a bit skeptical but at the same time i was like i'm just not gonna focus on it as like a thing to look forward to like the only thing i'm looking forward to because then if it doesn't come out i'm not gonna get disappointed i can just be like oh well that was fun while it lasted yeah. <laughs> you know well i mean i should i will admit now i'm sorry that i got the flag wrong because i you said the hong kong and i just immediately you know well i found the china flag but the flags are different <laughs> i am so sorry i'm that's such a right, muppet man right. but um that's, but yeah that's ma- right, don't worry about yeah it. just could you explain the whole this whole you know hong kong china kind of distinction because obviously i just made that simple mistake but you said obviously that I think, can be taken um, to heart i think for most people that don't really know the history of the country i think that's when they just assume okay you know hong kong's in china so they yeah, must have the same uh, flag uh, yeah but because hong kong used to be under british rule they had um its own like government and stuff kind of how like how we're a different country right but we're still under the queen yeah under so that's why we still have like yeah. the union yeah that's why we still have the union jack and everything and it's the same thing except they didn't have the union jack and their flag but the uk basically were running the country so it was up until nice 1997 i believe where it went back to the chinese yeah but they still kept the flag and everything so basically it's a city but then it's kind of like a country with its own flag and its own like laws and everything so it's kind of like difficult to explain but that's basically like what it is in a nutshell like the difference yeah so yeah i mean it's 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 all right because like not a lot of people really know about it so they just assume that okay it's it's a it's part of china so it must be the same country you know and it technically is but it's just because of that history from back then with the british that it has its own flag so yeah have you still got family um back home yeah, I do. I have um, all basically all my relatives still live in Hong Kong, so only my parents, myself, and my sister live here. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, because my sister was born here, but I wasn't. So, yeah, okay. I, ca- I think I came here in 1994, like around mid-year, I think. So I've pretty much been here almost my whole life. So well, you're pretty, I'm yeah, basically you're, you're pretty much a New Zealander. I, yeah. Yeah, I basically identify as a Kiwi at this point so yeah. i mean i most people mistake me for being born here anyway so i basically just feel it's the same thing because i mean most people won't know that i wasn't born here anyway i mean it's not really that important so i mean i live here anyway so <laughs> i was aware that um i mean i don't know if i get the exact year but 2007 did i was i am i right in thinking that gaming was illegal like was like illegal in japan or it wasn't um like gaming isn't allowed in china like in in that part honestly i actually have no idea like i've never really looked into like china so i honestly don't know the only thing i know about china is that they can't use youtube and like social media and stuff that's basically all i know about the country really okay oh yeah 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 Yeah. i mean i've been here my whole life so i never really bothered so (laughs) it wasn't really important to me and you haven't been back home since or not for a no, no, I've been back a few times. I went to, to Hong Kong about three and a half years ago. And then I went there for like a month 
just to see my relatives and stuff because before then I hadn't seen them for like 10 years. So basically they only saw me when I was like preteen and then suddenly like I'm an adult now. Like, man. Wow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was very strange because no, I, I had... suddenly got all these cousins now and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's Crazy. so strange. Lift a boy. And they're all little kids as well. You know, like <laughs> this is really awkward. So I, I don't really know. So like you've been to, you've been back home, obviously. Have you traveled anywhere else? I mean, I went to America um, last year during, like, over the Christmas break. Came back like a few days after Christmas, and that's basically the only other like big trip that I've really had for a long time. Yeah, and that was a, definitely a fun time. So I can't and wait you, to go back there again. And you went more for R and R, like it wasn't for anything gaming related. Nah, not really. It was more of just um, just go see my friend, just experience the country, and just have a chill time. I mean, I had a really busy. 2019 so i mean kind of just wanted to relax and just enjoy myself overseas so yeah that's basically what that trip was was there anything that surprised you when you were in america i think just how big the place was because for me like we come from new zealand so to us scale is massively different like just our perspective wise of it yeah and i was just like this is so huge like so many people but it's not like crowded like Asia where it's like a small place and there's heaps of people. It's more of like, it's a big place, but there's heaps of people, but this is just one state. And that's like three or four times bigger than NZ. It's crazy. Like how big just a single state is. It's like a country with like little separate countries. Like, so the States you can basically treat as a, like a mini country yeah. since every state has its own laws, its own like different, perks or like i wouldn't say perks but i mean like different um traits that like the people that live in every state would have yeah like with the whole like different accents from like new york for example or like down south or whatever you know like if every state has its own like unique thing it's known for you know yeah. and i think that's the whole thing that surprised me the most was just how diverse everyone is even though they all identify as one nationality yeah so that's what surprised me the most i think was just realizing the difference just from state to state rather than just like an nz where like more or less like say you go to like christchurch or wellington or yeah down to hamilton like more or less everyone's the same right like there's no real difference like there's still generally what you expect a kiwi to be like right yeah whereas in the states it's completely different because yeah. I, I met a friend of um, my my friend that I went to go see, and she was from like Louisiana and stuff, and like she she acted and like talked totally different to how my friend like does, and she's originally from like California, you know. So yeah. it was just seeing that was like a big contrast to me, like how different people are and like how they act or what their like perspective is. So. How long, how long was the flight from New Zealand to America? So flying from Auckland to um, the International Airport was about 12 hours and like maybe 10 or 30 minutes. So about, let's say 12 and a half. Yeah. It was quite a long flight. But then again, like when I went to Hong Kong, it was about 10 hour flight anyway. But it was just one flight instead of having to stop between different states and then fly in between states because when you fly to the states you have to go to an international airport then fly domestic yeah you can't yeah. go straight you to go the straight state there. that you want to 
Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like in in NZ, you can just go from Auckland to like Dunedin or Christchurch straight away. You can't do that unless you're in state. Yeah. So, where do you live there? So, yeah. Did you? Did you? Did you end up coming back and appreciating the little things that New Zealand had? You know, after spending time in America. I mean, for sure, because like the whole cultural difference is massive. Just like we we both speak the same language, you have the same people with the same nationality, but just how different everyone is definitely made me realize like how much I'm so used to being in in NZ. Like even trying not to use NZ slang was really hard. And I, I remember a few times I'm dropped I dropped like the OA or like. <laughs> Oh, oh, true, and I'm like, they're just like, what? <laughs> they're just so like, confused. What? Excuse me? Because obviously, we use British English, right? So I was using different words than what they were used to, and they're like, that's not what it means, or like, that's not the right word, or their pronunciation is different. Yeah. So I think definitely coming home, the first thing I was relieved about was like, I can, I can talk normally now. I don't have to be really slow, clear and like precise with my wording like i don't have to think as much about talking i can just talk and yeah. i can, and everyone will understand me which was like i don't know it was just such a weird thing to experience did you ever fear that you would um not get mugged but you know like get targeted because obviously traveling you know to, you know people targeting tourists is, it can be quite a thing in you know in america i think um if you kind of um act like a tourist i think it's more likely people like stare at you and notice you that oh these people aren't from here yeah i think i just acted normally really i think the only difference was i spoke differently but i think because you're real comfortable yeah i didn't feel i didn't feel like i was unsafe at any moment or anything like that because there's a lot of like international students at in arizona because they go they go to school there obviously so I think that state specifically what I realized was they're a lot more used to foreigners I feel yeah. because I didn't get asked where I was from that often or barely at all I think I got asked like twice so which was surprising because when my sister went there she got asked a lot like oh where's that accent from or like where are you from you know you sound different I only got that twice I, I just didn't, didn't get asked so I'm I'm assuming that Arizona is really used to like foreigners. That's my like perspective anyway. It felt that way. So yeah. Well, I mean, if you could go back to America, which uh, state would you want to go visit next? I think definitely California, like in LA or maybe just San Francisco or something, just somewhere around LA, uh, like California area. Cause like it's such a big state. I feel like there's like a lot to do there and just seeing like, the beaches and stuff because it's more of like a i think a summer oriented state i feel so yeah. i think in summertime it'd be like a good season to go over there yeah man i definitely want to go to miami like visit those sunny beaches eh? beaches are always a, a good uh, tourist spot i think because you don't have to worry about it you can just rock up and be like i'm just gonna chill here for like an hour <laughs> yeah. or, it's, or it's the perfect place to just be like yeah like i'm not from around here i'm I'm from New Zealand. And it's funny how people treat New Zealanders. Like, they generally go, oh, you guys are so friendly. Yeah, but then you think, but everyone is like that. It's mm. not, like, different. I think everyone's so used to keeping to themselves or, like, 
not being friendly unless they have to. So the perspective of it is very strange about why we're so friendly yeah. and so easygoing, I feel. So, I mean, I think maybe, I we're, think maybe we're not as pushy as, maybe we're not as pushy as Australians. Cause I mean, you know, I, I feel like they adapt the I'm number one attitude just a little bit more than we are. We're just more like, eh, like it is what it is. Yeah. I think, I think that's true because we kind of just, we just don't think about it as us like being different we just kind of always like, be humble and just act ourselves yeah. i think no matter where we are and i think that generally gets a lot more attention because they're just like oh wow you know these guys they're just so friendly easy to approach they're not like you know this weird image of like what people expect kiwis to be like yeah. you know so so, so going back why did you start with like what what how did you start with street fighter so I remember when I was younger, my uncle also liked playing games. So obviously that's how I got into gaming. And I remember he had like a Super Nintendo or something. And he had like this really cool homemade like stick. It was a big ass block, but it had like 1P and a 2P. And I used to just like mash buttons on it as a kid. And that, I just remember that so vividly. That's how I remember playing fighting games. Yeah, and then when I got older, and obviously I was able to actually own my own, like PlayStation or whatever, I was like thinking back to them, and I'm like, I should play a fighting game because that's like the only thing I remembered about gaming, because I didn't really play much gaming in between when I was growing up, and so I kind of just started playing, but I didn't play to like learn it competitively. It was always just for fun and just you know enjoy it. Because I remember just throwing fireballs and stuff, and and then when I finally finished um, high school, I remember that I always wanted to like get really good at fighting games, like competitive level. So I started playing at the arcades. And I think that was around the time when um, Tekken Six had already came out, but I think Street Fighter Four just came out then. So I think they were kind of like competing with each other back then, and then I used to play both. But I found Tekken really hard. So whenever I got discouraged and I couldn't feel like playing Tekken, I'd just play Street Fighter. I used to just jump back and forth between Street Fighter and Tekken. Yeah. And hey, did, just a question. Did you ever play at the movie arcades? The one where the IMAX is? Yeah. Um, not really. I think I only started going there recently once they've added that um, that new like makeover that they had, like the renovation, where they, like, I think they got put in to a new ownership or something where it used to be um called timeout right timeout yeah 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 i never went as timeout but as soon as i heard it was like game on i kind of started going there but yeah. i didn't go for fighting games i kind of just went just to like oh i got time to kill in between the movie i'll just go have a look because so. they also did that promo they had their prices at a dollar for tekken 6 which like there were some of us that actually went there just because it was cheaper than they'd go in a time zone because it was a dollar um but yeah no i yeah did because i i swear like when i'm thinking about it i feel like i may have actually have run into you but i don't think we've actually played each other but i do because i do remember running into a leo player back in the tekken six days but for but i mean i it could have been you i'm not i just i i don't i honestly don't remember it was that longer 
It might have been Blackout because Blackout was. Oh no no no! He this guy was this guy was not dark skin. Definitely not. He was definitely he was definitely he's definitely Asian and and it's sad to say, but that's all I could remember. But that's why I'm like. It might have been me. It could. But that's what I mean. I don't want to say it it was you, but it's like, you know, yeah. Because for me, like. I know we didn't really formally meet till last year and like actually get to be friends and stuff, but I kind of already knew who you were before I even met you, which was oh, really strange. Dude, so I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what happened. Like yeah. we must have met at some point and just not realized who each other was. But that's like the freakish thing, man. Like in this scene nowadays, you kind of know about people before you've properly met them. It's kind of freaky. You know, yeah, like when you're scrolling on, I mean, it's like when you're scrolling on Facebook and you see the recommends and most of the time I'm thinking, oh, okay, so I'm probably going to run into these people. I don't know where, I don't know how, but it, I probably will, you know? And then, oh yeah, obviously I just ran into that guy last week. Yeah. Like I get a lot of, um, recommended friends and it's all just like FGC members yeah. <laughs> like all the time. Like it, it's so strange. Cause like, I know who they are. I know their names. I know their characters, but I just don't know them personally, but they come up on my friends list recommendations because i'm mutual friends with some of the people that they know dude it's when you're looking at them and you're just like oh yep cool cool 56 mutual friends oh yeah he's definitely from the scene <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly that's the funniest thing about it is like on any social media now it's just like all recommended stuff is all just fgc stuff now it literally and is. if it's not yeah and if it's not like nz fgc it's like overseas fgc stuff mm. like top players from like the us or like japanese or korean players it's like always fgc related no matter what now it's yeah. it's ridiculous so like so. what was your last um what was your last memory of time zone um my last like vivid memory was um when tekken 6 got that update where they added um i think it was elisa oh no was it elisa oh Lars the br and- update yeah yeah, the BR update, Lisa Lars were added. And I remember like playing and then trying to learn all the new moves because we didn't know what got changed. We just had to like play and slowly figure it out because yeah. we didn't. All we had was like Tekken Zaibatsu forums, but people also had to do what we did and just slowly test stuff yeah. and pay money to, to learn everything. So I think just the fun of not knowing what was changed and just kind of like going in blind and figuring things out that was like the funnest thing i think for me in in time zone and that's like the thing i remember the most outside of like when i first started going there yeah it was when br came out i think because i think that's when tekken 6 really started to blow up because i think after br every everyone started playing it again because i think tekken 6 was pretty like bare bones arcade wise there wasn't that many characters. I think the gameplay stuff was very um, like repetitive as well. And then in, in um, BR, they added like a lot more stuff to make it more interesting. Yeah. Remember, this is the game that introduced Rage as yeah, well as the yeah. bound mechanic. So I guess for that time, um, it it kind of like it, it did kind of seem like a like there was prom there was there was a prom there was a potential in there. You know, it seemed yeah, promising. Yeah. Um, you know, Leo was a new addition in that game. Uh, Lee definitely kind of got a bit more well-rounded with some moves. And Lars, I mean, I never, I never like. I, I guess I've never been drawn to anime-type characters, but I mean, a lot of people like Lars. I liked Lars. Yeah, I think he was just 
aesthetically pleasing to look at <laughs> when yeah. you were playing it, playing as Lars. And it didn't help that he was easy to use, he was really strong, so you could kind of um, get away with a lot of things with him in that version of the game. And so I think that's why he was so popular. Because mm. I think he just gets, he just gave that whole like really badass anime vibe. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Oh, plus on the console release too, they had that um, scenario campaign. Which actually, oh, that's right. that was actually pretty, like, I actually didn't give it too much credit, but I actually thought that was really well done. I actually enjoyed that a lot more than I'd like to admit it. Because yeah. at first I was like, that sounds really dumb. It's probably not going to be fun. And I remember playing Tekken 5, Devil Within, which was the Jin yeah. side story. But yeah. it was the same, it was a similar, like, game mode. And I was like, that was awesome. This doesn't sound that interesting. But since I bought the game and it comes with it for free, I might as well give it a go. And then I started, like, because you could actually choose which character you wanted to play as. Yeah. Slaz or Elisa. And then I obviously picked Leo because I was like, you know, Leo's my main character. So I might as well just do the whole campaign with her. And then I found out you could pick up, like, customizations and actually, like, increase your stats. And I was like, yo, this is actually really cool. And I remember going back to different like levels and actually trying to get new uh, new customs and stuff yeah because i think if you unlocked it in scenario mode and unlocked it in the normal game in the customized mode yeah 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 so i used to like go back and start like trying to find more customizations because i found it fun and i didn't have to buy them so <laughs> and then we come to tick and tag two like how did you did, did how much did you even commit to that game or did you just I mean, I own the game because my mate wanted me to play it and he was kind enough to buy me a copy and give it to me free. But I was mostly playing that offline. This was like when I was very heavily invested in Street Fighter 4. And I was mainly playing Street Fighter 4. So I didn't really play Tekken Tag 2 much, if at all. I think the only thing I knew was like that some characters were really, really broken. And that was it. Like, I think the... I used to watch um, tournaments though, but I'd never played it. So I used to watch like Evo and like SBO and stuff like that. Oh, uh, Super Battle SBO. Opera, man! Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. So, and stuff like that. Like I, lo- I used to watch a lot of the Japanese tournaments back then because a lot of them would have Street Fighter as well. So I'd watch the Street Fighter section and then I'd watch Tekken. So that's how I knew about Tag Two, but I never really actively played it. So I just didn't find it tag interesting, and I found it really hard. Yeah. Plus, you I had mean, to learn two characters instead of just one. So. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Unless you were lucky and you played like the pellet swap characters, like the Laws and the Christies. Yeah, I think there were some people that picked like the Lily and Sebastian, and then like Eddie and Christie and stuff. And I was like, man, that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just wasn't interested in that. Remember, this was the game that had three capos. Like, it was just not. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was not. It was not cool. Mm. I don't know what they were thinking, but some people actually really enjoyed that game. But for me, I don't think it was a game that I would say that I enjoyed at all. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny. I enjoyed it at a time where everyone else didn't, but I kept it to myself. But then, obviously, as time went on, like pretty much near the end of its lifestyle lifespan, I ended up being like everyone else and just despising, despising the game. Um, I, th- I think it's because you enjoyed it because you're like, this is something new. It's not Tekken Six, and it's you know keeping me occupied with the whole Tekken side of things. Yeah. But then 
the more you play it, the more you find all these like broken setups or mix-ups and stuff, and you just like, man, this this game is just so many things wrong with it. Yeah. And then you just start disliking the game. <laughs> but well, then when you think about it, the more you disliked it at the time, and then like the further time goes on, and then you think back, you're like, man, I missed that game. <laughs> I thought that's what I realized that is happening to people because like. I didn't. Say, I wouldn't say that I hated Tekken Six, but I wasn't exactly like, "Oh, I love this game." But then now that I think about it, I'm like, I really miss playing Tekken Six. Yeah. You know, like it's it's so different to what it is now, mm-hmm. and I think I just miss that whole like arcade feel. I I think is what is like the difference now because everything's console now. Yeah. So well, console just, PC. Yeah, PC and PS4, whatever, you know. Just yeah. home versions. So everyone just plays at home. Everyone can pick up Tekken and play on their computer or on their PS4, and you don't have to associate yourself with anybody. You can just play the game, mm-hmm. you know? Like, back then it was like, you played the game, you met people, you made friends, rivals even, you know? You just, there was such a unpredictable nature to the whole, like, going to the arcade, like, what's going to happen today? <laughs> like, you just didn't know you know i i guess i guess most of the time you'd probably make a rival first before you make a friend right oh yeah i mean i think i met like a few people that i used to play with constantly and it ended up becoming like some sort of rivalry but then like that's how i got to know them so i think that's definitely what happened is rivalry and then friendship i think it's like the naruto and sasuke thing eh yeah, definitely. Or like the Goku and the Vegeta. Goku and Vegeta. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's that's a good analogy for it, yeah. Oh, it's so... Yeah, like... I, I, I swear, like, pretty much maybe half the people... Well, not half, but... I'd say from my experience, I probably have made... A, make a rival out of someone first and then... Oh, yeah, like, we're probably... Yeah, we're friendly now. We'll, we'll go to Yamcha. We'll, I mean, we'll go get some Yamcha. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I, I used to see them every day because every time every time off the class that's when i'd go to time zone and play tekken or street fighter and then i'd see the same people every day so obviously you form that rival with them because you're like i want to beat them you know this time i don't want to get destroyed and then you start realizing like he's a pretty cool dude you know maybe i should be his friend <laughs> yeah. as well you know that's what happened all the time yeah. so it was pretty funny actually now that i think about it because i never realized that it always started with the rivalry first because mm. now we're so used to like just making friends first and then the straight away yeah comes. and then creating yeah. something around it yeah 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 i think the whole like aspect of the community is the same but i think like the steps in which things take place are a bit different order now i feel yeah i think there's just bit i think there's just uh, a bit of general trust you know yeah i think it's uh everyone's more approachable nowadays everyone's kind of um learned to be a bit more friendly and welcoming i think because every everyone back then was just like, let's stick to our groups. If we don't know you, then we're probably not going to talk to you. Yeah, or unless you're uh, a th- or unless you're a threat, we won't get to know you or something. Yeah, like you, you'd probably play games with them, but you probably wouldn't talk to them outside of that. Like once you leave the machine, like you, you would like you wouldn't mingle with other random people. Yeah, you know. So then, what was happening? So at that time, what was happening with you in Street Fighter? So I started. Street Fighter 4 Vanilla, which was when Timeline was out, had it and stuff, and then 
um, after Tekken 6 came out on console, um, Super Street Fighter 4 was announced, which was like the, the updated version of it, and it like, had like new characters and balance updates and stuff. And I start I started like finding Tekken a bit like boring because like not everyone was easy to play in that game. So I think like people got bored of it and stopped playing. Yeah. And so I didn't have like that many people to play with. And since I stopped going to the arcade, I didn't really meet new people to play with. But then Street Fighter had online and because online for Tekken 6 was horrible. So there was really no point playing Tekken 6 online. Even with the update fix where it was supposed to make it more playable, it was still really bad. So I just gave up on Tekken 6. And then I started focusing all my efforts on Street Fighter and yeah. the online was smooth, it was good and I just kept playing online and started getting better and then I realized, oh wow, you know, I'm actually not that bad at the game. And so I started looking up like YouTube guides on like Street Fighter and how to like get better at the game and stuff and I think it kinda just took off from there. And then I started hearing about like these offline like meeting meetups where people would like host tournaments and stuff. And then I heard about I heard about um what's it called Southern Cross Up, and then that was my first encounter with Standing Fierce yeah. was Southern Cross Up 2013, which is um quite a long time now. <laughs> and I I entered for Street Fighter Four for that tournament, which was when Tag Two was like pretty much in its prime, and yeah. I just got so like overwhelmed because I was like there's so many I didn't realize how many people actually played fighting games in New Zealand even though we're like a smaller community like compared to like America or Japan even and even then that was a lot of people you there was like 30 40 people in a small room playing like all these different fighting games I was just like so amazed and I was like maybe I should go to more offline events and stuff and obviously I was still studying, so I had all the time in the world when I wasn't like going to class or anything. So I just started like I think I went to like two or three Rambats. And then I, I remember like Dave there and like Sol, I think even Danny was there. And that's when I really started getting to know like Danny and stuff because he was a, a fellow Street Fighter player as well. And we played online because we used to have this like, I don't know if you remember, but Standing Fierce had like some forum that they used to run yeah and it was a street fighter section and obviously i chatted in there a lot i used to like learn like matchups and other things and then there was this online league that they used to do where you do like a first to five with the other person that was picked for you because it was like a um way they picked the, the the roster like the a and the b i i can't remember exactly how but just from memory i remember there was this league that we did and whoever won would get points and whoever had the most points at the end of the month had like a placing. Yeah. And I remember playing like Danny and then a bunch of other like Wellington and like um, where else Christchurch and stuff like strong players from there. I think like I got absolutely destroyed, but I was like, that's when I realized like, you know, there's an actual like full on FGC. Like I just did, didn't know. And then that's when I started really getting into the game. But then I had to get a job, so once I started working, I just I just couldn't make it to offline events anymore, and I just got too busy. And then eventually, I just kind of forgot about it, and I stopped playing fighting games for a while just because I didn't have the time. 
and then I think I heard Tekken 7 started getting really big and then that's how I was like maybe it's time to like start playing a game again because I did play Street Fighter 5 on release but I wasn't like too impressed with it it was kind of like a weird departure from like the Street Fighter that most people know and yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone still thinks the same way about it till this prior day to the, prior to that champion edition thing because I've actually started playing it again and it's kind of felt like a new game now so I think I might be getting back into Street Fighter again but I'll have to like dedicate time to like practice again but. so who are you playing in Street Fighter 4? I played Ryu but then um, that was because he was like really basic fundamentally strong character you just had to learn like footsies and stuff and like spacing and you could like play relatively well yeah but then once i started getting like intermediate level i started like messing around with a bunch of different characters like i used to play like abuki and like gen i think i played akuma for a little bit as well like i just had a mess around with like a lot of the cast i think i could play like about half the roster back then because i used to just do all the trial modes and i just learned all the combos for like all the different characters so i used to just spend all day doing the trial mode because it was so fun just like learning combos i think that's what made street fighter 4 so exciting was like the combo system and how in depth it was and how it can be like so advanced but at the same time it could be so basic i think that's what hooked me into that game whereas like tekken's more about movement and then spacing and then the combos were all juggles they weren't like combos where um the opponent's still standing on the ground so i think it was just a different style i think i just suited 2ds more yeah back then and then now getting back into Tekken 7 i think i definitely missed playing fighting games and so obviously i'm glad to be back and seeing um how big the community is now and how much has changed since then it's like it's pretty amazing i mean i remember rambats back then in like 2014 2013 was like maybe 15 people at most and that was just like maybe 10 10 people for street fighter and then like whatever else was left over was like the other games yeah. but i remember they only had like two or three games and and the rambats and then most of the time people would like into two or three games and then that was it whereas now it's like five six seven different games and then it's like 20 to 30 people in a room it's like almost double what i used to remember yeah it's like it's so different and then you see all these like old faces that i remember from the arcade scene that still play and then you have all these new like younger players that are like just as good and it's crazy to see like the skill gap now with how people can learn games these days compared to what we went through when we were at the arcades yeah so and plus people definitely feel like the way we can approach fighting games has definitely changed because like now you can go on youtube and look at you tutorials and stuff and then you can also get other players can coach you or give you advice and you can like learn from that but back then we had to do everything ourselves yeah i was just gonna say yeah youtube twitter discord people showing tech i mean you've done some Leo videos yeah. recently trying to do your uh, King K4 cancels, which are doing you're going pretty well. Oh, it's, oh man, that, that stuff is really hard. I mean, <laughs> I've been practicing for a couple hours for the last two days just to like hit that combo maybe like two or three times. But then it's like hitting the combo is not really the objective. It's just, like learning 
the timing of the cancel. So yeah. then once I get comfortable with it, I can throw it out in a real game when I need to. Because a lot of people have a misconception that, oh, why are you bothering to learn such a hard cancel when you can just, like, because it's so easy to drop. Like, it's it's really not that, like, easy to do. It's quite difficult. It's probably one of the harder things to learn in Tekken. And, you know, it's it's such a waste of damage. But then at the same time, it's like, where's that moment where if I just did a normal combo, it might not kill. And then what if he gets a mix-up on me and then I lose the round? Yeah. What if this one moment I had just learned this cancel and I could have, like, added that extra damage and won that round? Like, that's what goes through my mind when I learn stuff like this. It's like the, for those critical moments where what if I did this instead of that? And it, you know, helps for that one one match. I don't know. Just That's just what I feel like. One day it will benefit me to learn these. I don't have to use it, but at least if I know it, when I need to bring it out, I can bring it out. And I feel like that's what makes like some fighting game players like so good. Yeah. Because like, say, Nii, for example, he's like that guy that just like learns every character. So he overall he's really hard to to beat because he just has so much knowledge on every character, right? But then you have like people like you and me where we're specialists we loyal to our characters we stick to one character and kind of like break them down from the ground up so we basically learn everything that we possibly can about the character and i feel like that sort of stuff is more beneficial than like learning a bunch of other characters because you can learn the whole cast but at the end of the day you're only learning like general things that probably will help but when you meet that one person that just might know a bit more than you it might be difficult you know what i mean so yeah. i feel like we should always just go over and beyond and learn all these like extra things that we might not use all the time but at least if we had it down whenever we had that one moment where we needed it the most we can just throw it out and it, it would just be great you know? be a good payoff yeah yeah that's what i feel like you know yeah so. no i agree i i appreciate the uh number of loyalists that are out there in our scene there was there was one player I won't name drop him, but there was one player that wasn't sure about whether he should learn a different character or if he should just stick with his main and be a loyalist. But I told mm. yeah, but I told the guy like, look, if you want to be a main, this character main, that's cool. Um, and it's actually and it's not a bad thing because you're right. You just you you break in that character and you go so far with that character that no other casual player will do. You know, you you'll be the one doing the sick cancels and. You know, like, as you said, you break down that character, like, you get down to the roots of what that character can yeah, really yeah. do. And an average player who may be good at the character just as you, but they just don't have that little extra, that little extra topping, I suppose. Yeah, because, like, I think a lot of people have general knowledge on characters, but then when you're a loyalist to the character, you know all these, like, obscure setups or weird mix-ups that you can use to, like, throw off your opponent when the chance comes across where you might need to, to do it and then it's like benefit you so much whereas like a, a normal person that just plays a character for fun just goes off their basic tools and everything that most people already know about the character so yeah. i think maybe that's why some people feel like certain characters feel weaker than others but that's because they haven't fully broken them down 
and like actually looked at their strengths and weaknesses and how they should play certain characters i think yeah like play style i think i feel like really makes a difference in how you play a character but i think that's what makes like leo so special because she's a basic character but at the same time she can be played so many different ways she can be defensive you can be you know like really offensive and then you can play like an in-between style so it's like there's no set way of playing a character you can just make it your own and jump between both if you want you know it's that's what i like i think and yeah so i often try to mimic the whole sometimes i'll be aggressive and then i'll stop and then just to throw my opponent off and then i'll play defensive and just focus on them making mistakes or you know trying to make them make mistakes so then i can capitalize off it and i guess and i guess maybe leo has a bit of gimmicks because now she's got that crazy backstep from king k and the crushing properties of bok i feel like um the stances definitely throw people off especially when they're done off like strings because most people don't actually realize that a lot of her strings if you don't finish the string you can actually transition into stances yeah bro your your bot crushed my lee's one plus two yeah yeah i was like to this dude i'm still livid about that eh (laughs) i mean there was a time i was playing against um some random brian player online i don't remember who but he did um he just decided to back one but at that moment i was already thinking maybe he'll do a jab or something or like a um like a high poke maybe like four foot four or something to stop me from stepping and i happened to bock too and it just like completely went under block two and just like completely launched them. I was like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. I guess that's a thing now. So if you can hard read a Brian doing back one, you can crush it with block two. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. Cause I previous, cause I remember like any moves that come downward should be able to intercept her box stance, but like it just seems to have been completely changed. And well now, like it just seems like it can crush a lot more moves now that even come downward. I think- I think it's also the timing because the stance itself does naturally crush moves, but I think Bok 2, the animation of the actual move itself has more crushing properties. So I feel like if you do the Bok 2 at a certain timing, it will actually crush more than what a normal Bok stance would do. Yeah. Because what happens is when you're in Bok, it obviously looks like AOP, right? But then when you Bok 2, she actually goes down and then she flings her hands up into the air to launch so i think in that moment that's when the crushing frames are where her character hitbox drops even lower for like a split second to go back up again i think that's what happened yeah i mean i haven't tested everything but that's what i think happens because i've crushed forward four on Jin, forward four two so and forward four two is a pretty low hitting mid like it's it's quite low like the only way you can get out of it is a sidestep. Yeah. So if Bok 2 can crush it, I think there's definitely some sort of like stealth buff or something, maybe. I'm not too sure. But well, she definitely has a lot of crushing moves, and I think that's what a lot of people feel like is dishonest. I think yeah. that's why a lot of people don't play Leo, because she feels dishonest or like really cheap. With really, she's actually quite a hard character to play. Um, do you know what her bad matchup is in Tekken? Um, the matchups that I've had, 
the most trouble with. I'm not sure if they're on paper the worst, but I think Bears and also Steve and Yoshi because Yoshi is already a gimmicky character. He might not have good tools or whatever, but you can't constantly keep pressure on Yoshi because yeah. the Flash can launch you. So as soon as like the Yoshi player gets a read on you that you're being aggressive and that you like to poke and keep them check like checking them with like jabs or just mid pokes, they'll yeah. be like, okay, I'm just gonna flash, and then they get a free combo every time. So that's I think definitely Yoshi is one hard one, and I also think um, bears because it's really hard to crush a bear. Like a lot of their moves are quite really low hitting, and yeah. also um, they have a big hitbox, so a lot of stuff hits you from further range than a normal character would. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it hard. And you have advantages on the bears as well as Leo, but then I think the advantage on you is greater, I think. And then Steve, just because he's just really strong, he's so aggressive, it's really hard to find a chance to really get a turn, even against like a intermediate level Steve player. And I think one other matchup that I might feel is tough is Dragonoff. Dragonoff? Because, yeah, because instant while running two, especially if the player has instant while running twos down, you can't really balk at all because instant uh, while running two almost always hits balk or out of any stance. And because it's a it's a while running move, it tracks more than normal. Yeah. So it's, it's harder to kind of get away I think so I think those are my like personal like matchups that I find quite hard with Leo okay what's yeah. your um what's your uh, panic move uh, with Leo I think it's either Bok and then into the the low sweep or um down back three because she steps back and then launches and at least if they block it it's safe and then I think um the other one is the back step into like, in K2. Yeah. Because if they get they get antsy and they want to press a button, you've just crushed them and then you get a counter hit. But sometimes I read into it too much and I back step into it and then I, I whiff and then I just get destroyed yeah. for yeah. it. Because you can cancel the, the back step, but you can't actually cancel your option from Kinkai after from that. From Kinkai, yeah. Yeah, so you really have to be sure that they're going to do something. Otherwise, you'll just whiff every time and get punished for it. So Yeah. That's the that's the risky part, I think. So okay. definitely panic moves. Okay. Well, if you weren't a Leo main, if you couldn't use Leo, who would who would you choose as your alternative? I think I would play Devil Jin because I've always played Devil Jin when Leo before Leo was introduced. So when I did play DR and Tekken Five and stuff, I was always interested in Devil Jin. Yeah. But again, he's quite hard to play because um execution and electrics and stuff i mean i wouldn't say i'm a bad mishima but i wouldn't say that i'm like good because it's so hard to not like with electrics if you don't know what you're doing yeah. and then also learning how to like actually mix your up your 50 50s because what a lot of people don't know is that devil Jin really relies on hell sweep a lot because it's the only um hell sweep in the game that launches into a combo mm. we don't have to finish it so you can just mix that up with a mid 
and then suddenly you just have to guess like is he gonna house with me or is he gonna four four two or is he gonna while sending to launch me like yeah. it's such a hard guessing game but you have to just not rely on house ship too much but then at the same time you kind of have to because that's like his only low option yeah so i think that's why he's hard but i think he's definitely a fun character to play i think oh, i yeah. i play him a lot if i if player wasn't in the game yeah. i'd definitely be playing devil Jim. oh well there's uh one character that is definitely not hard to play leroy smith where oh, do you God. uh yeah <laughs> all right man where do you stand with uh leroy smith and this I is mean, after the pet first yeah when i first like he when he first came out i did play him for like a good short while because i mean i was overseas i had nothing to do i was like okay i'll, I'll, I'll play chicken for like an hour and I, I was just doing combos and stuff and didn't really look into it too much didn't really like look at any like match videos or any like um taught like not tournaments because there's nothing on but i mean like any like streamers or anything so yeah. I, I had no idea like what he was really capable of and i was kind of like on and off with taking at the time and then i started going on twitter just to check the usual and then what i see is these like all these comments about like leroy being broken and all this stuff and then when i came back to nz after my holiday i started like looking into it more and i was like damn this character's like way too strong this this is kind of like Tekken um four gen vibes again where like everyone just used that one character because he was just so viable and everyone else just yeah couldn't couldn't compare or just had a difficult time against the character and then evo japan rolled around and was it like six leroy's or was it five or seven <laughs> no, i don't even remember it, how many. Bro, it was it was six i like i was i was i was doing an event so unfortunately i didn't get to watch any of evo japan the pools but I was looking yeah. at the tweets and I was like, oh my God, like this is, this, this is horrible. <laughs> like this is so bad. Um, so I only watched top eight and obviously I was rooting for the non Leroy characters, but yeah, like I, I was just I seeing mean, some of these people were like going, they were real upset and some of them were even angry. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I did, I didn't watch too much of the polls, but when I did watch some, I think I watched one match and it was like Mimi versus um one of the Leroy players I don't remember who it was but I was just like man this character is really taking over the game right now like are we playing Tekken 7 or are we playing Leroy 7 <laughs> like Leroy 7 yeah that's the that, yeah that's what's the joke. going on man? and then I stopped watching for that day I was like man if, if this is what Evo Japan's gonna be like I'm just not gonna watch pools because I'm pretty sure we're just gonna see like a lot of Leroy mirrors yeah. not just from top players but just from like the normal people that came to like japan for evo you know yeah and then the next day i watched um top eight and i was just like what the f what the hell there's like seven leroys in top eight and a julia and a kazumi what the hell is going on right now and then i watched the first match with Olsan and was a book Olsan was that that i think yeah. i think i think it was Olsan and book yeah and um no way, it was Chikurin actually. It Chikurin. was Chikurin. It was Chikurin and Chikurin, yeah. Chikurin and um, Osan. It was Osan, and, yeah. Yeah, and Osan decided to throw a Bob out. He decided to play Bob and he he took out Chikurin. I was like, yo, this is really hype. Like, yeah. I don't want to be like, because it's cheering against Leroy, but like, this is actually quite hype. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the rest of Top 8. And then the rest of it was just Leroy versus Leroy. 
Leroy versus Leroy, and then until it was uh, Mikio, the Julia player, that's when I was like, this is really hype. When he was facing Book, that was probably like the hypest match ever, like in the whole thing. But at the same time, I was just like really disappointed. I was like, is this what's really happening with the game right now? Like, is it just going to be everyone using the same character and everyone else isn't viable anymore or like what's going on like did they intentionally do yeah. this or... i mean it, it was said online and i will say it again they they were i think you know they were aware of the character and obviously the trouble that he was causing but obviously their plan just wasn't implemented fast enough and it wasn't as effective like even the changes that ha- even the changes that happened in this patch like people are still like i can think of like five six a lot more moves that definitely need a bit of tweaking with Leroy. Um, and the stuff that they tweaked, it's really not at the essence of what, you know what I mean? Like it's not really the best things to, to, to alter right now. Like there should have been a lot more changes. I think, um, only because we know what we know now going from after Evo Japan. So like if that patch had came out as intended before Evo Japan, I think, it wouldn't be as bad because no one would be realizing like how strong the actual character is that i think so but do you think that the results could have changed because still the problem with ever japan is people were saying that there was problems with the seeding um the broadcasting as well they were seeing more ads than they were matches and i mean that would that would annoy anyone i mean the whole seeding and ads thing i don't actually know but because i don't actually watch most of it i think i only watched top eight consistently everything else i just didn't really care about but i feel like it wouldn't have made that much of a difference but i feel like it would have made a minor difference like it maybe wouldn't be as like generic like because i think what was happening was a lot of the players were just using the same moves over and over again Mm. whereas like if that nerf that we got now happened before evo japan that means at that time, I think the game would have been a bit easier to handle with the Leroy mirrors, because because like he's not getting as much like frame advantage. He's losing a few like combo potential, like with some of his moves. Mm. So I think that would have made like a little bit of a difference. Like it wouldn't be as easy to do combos anymore, because because yeah. I, I think they nerfed that um, down for three or something, right? String. The pickup so from Ford Ford Three, yeah. yeah. So it, um, yeah, so it, it doesn't it hits, work anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it pushes, yeah, like hits them a bit lower, so it doesn't give that pickup. Um, yeah. So I think in that regard, that would have made a massive difference at Evo Japan. Oh, but also Ford Ford Three, if you did up Ford Three plus Four, One Plus Two, which is the palm, because obviously yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. would do that for the wall bounce, or oh, sorry, for the yep. wall for the wall push, and obviously yeah, that yeah, wouldn't yeah. have happened. Like people would just get grounded because definitely there would have been situations where people would have used that to carry to the wall or break the wall yeah Yeah, so i think at this moment after what we went through with evo japan it's definitely not enough but at the time when they originally intended to release it i think it was fine for that specific moment but because for whatever reason they couldn't get this patch out and their lack thereof communication it just was a joke and ended up being a big bomb basically like it yeah for some people i think it was just that lack of communication it was like hey guys we have a patch 
we think we might be able to put it around this time unfortunately it's after evo like even then people would have anticipated okay we're going to see a lot of leroy matches but then just to have it kind of in our face like oh yeah this hasn't been tweaked since he's been released and it's been how long already yeah i think that's what was the tipping point for a lot of people was the fact that there was no communication and then the fact that they were really ignoring people that were mentioning it it's like they didn't really want to talk about it but all they had to do was just say that the patch may or may not be able to be implemented that's all they had to say yeah and it would have been a lot less like how it went down because then we would have been ready for actually what what was going to go down yeah and because we had no word of it we wasn't sure what was going to happen i think that's why it ended up being as bad as it was yeah because it just looked like they didn't care when really they probably did care it's just for whatever reason they just couldn't get the balance patch out in time yeah and which is understandable it happens sometimes but just because they didn't say anything it just made it seem a whole lot worse than what it originally intended yeah. and then the and then the attitudes of certain players afterwards of course yeah. wouldn't have helped when people are saying you know pick leroy or get good scrub you know yeah 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 i think that too i think everyone's just a bit um divided at the moment but i think um i mean do you think that do you think there's um do you think that there's clause for people to complain about leroy or do you believe that people should just kind of bear with the character for now i mean for me personally i don't blame them for playing leroy especially if you spend that money to go to a tournament and you want to do well of course you're going to pick the character you want results that's what that character was providing and yeah it's a bit dirty but at the same time it's like they released the character like that as it was so strong really hard to play against of course you're going to pick the character but at the same time it's like you have a choice to not play the character and struggle and there were two people that didn't and look where they got they still managed to get into top eight mm. so i think it's just either play the character or don't play the character if you don't want to play the character at least lab a little bit don't just complain without knowing anything because what i actually did notice because i did play um punishment training before that current patch update balance came out yeah and i didn't actually realize but a lot of his moves are actually launch punishable so i think it was just a lot of people without knowledge on certain moves that were annoying were actually quite like punishable yeah and i think that's what kind of made it bad is just because they didn't want to learn like five minutes of punishment training or something i don't know it just felt like um they were just complaining because everyone else is complaining we might as well complain too i mean that's kind of my perspective on it i mean i did complain too but i actually did like test some of the characters moves against me so i i can't say that i didn't know anything about the character but at the same time i don't know enough so I mean, at the same time, you gotta have to do something about it. Like, you can complain all you want. Everyone's complaining about Akuma, but I played Akuma for a little bit. Like, maybe not at a high level, but I could see that this character is quite hard to play. It's horrible neutral. His backdash is bad. His sidestep is bad. And he also relies on meter to actually get his damage. So without meter, he's actually a really 
really bad character. Yeah. So you can complain about him being OP and that his 10 frame punishes can lead to like damage and combos, but at the same time, I couldn't even cancel the like the 10 frame jab into a combo. So it's like you can complain, but if you can't do the combo, then just don't complain because he's hard to play. So if he was that strong and you're going to complain about it, then just play the character then. But it's not that easy at the same time. So yeah. it is like there's real back and forth or like misunderstandings about certain characters that I think are like dividing people's opinions, I feel. Yeah. I mean, my personal opinion, I understand the frustration with Leroy. But then at the same time, they're going to paint a picture of a villain no matter what the character is. So if it's not going to be Leroy, it probably, you know what I mean? Like if Leroy was nerfed and if it's not going to be him, it's going to be Akuma. And if it's not Akuma, it's going to be, you know, Geese or something. Like it, there's always like, unfortunately, Leroy is that character for everyone right now. But then yeah. obviously once he gets tweaked, I can guarantee you Akuma's going to jump right back up there when someone, you know, when all the videos, you know, when more videos come out with um, crazy combos, cancels, yeah, like, it, just, it's just going to hop from Leroy to another character. That's it. And I think also, Akuma gets more hate because he's a 2D. And 2Ds play differently in Tekken than, like, let's say Leroy does. Because Leroy is still, on paper, a Tekken character. So yeah. he has no, like, meter. He has no jump, like, neutral jump or anything. So it's just, he's just a lot stronger than the rest of the cast. So that's why everyone hates him. But Akuma, at the same time, and geese even they're really annoying to play against if you don't know the matchup which is understandable but at the same time they're not that easy to play whereas like leroy is really easy <laughs> so there's there's a lot of different reasons why some people hate 2ds whereas everyone just hates leroy because he's like the topic right now the akuma thing is kind of like brushed aside for now and then it's like you said as soon as leroy gets fixed and made more less strong I guess is the word akuma is gonna be like back to that topic again where akuma just needs to be nerfed but from what i've heard akuma has always been a problem for like the community so yeah is, is it really gonna change or is it just gonna be the same thing like they can't just remove like make the character worse because people can't learn the matchup you know like i don't know like is there really a solution it's kind of difficult to say because i mean he was intended to be story and just as a guest character. So. Yeah, well, with Leroy, this could potentially be another geese situation where it's going to take multiple patches until they can get to that spot where everyone's like, okay, cool. Like, we're happy with what you've done with Leroy. We're good. Like, it's actually going to, I think it's actually going to take more than one patch. I feel like um, that probably will happen. But at the same time, I feel like um, they should really focus on the rest of the cast as well because. The way the game looks like right now, it feels like there's only a few characters that are really like tournament viable, and then the rest are kind of just like you can play those characters if you want, but it'll be really hard. You know, that's what it feels like right now. Yeah. And I think they should give the rest of the cast some more like attention. I think because it's not really like that common to see like the other characters now. It's always just strong characters and tournaments, and that's all you see. Like there's even the loyalists are given up you know like it's kind of difficult to say it's a betra know? it's a betrayal man it's so upsetting to see like jimmy j tran brian get knocked out by yeah you know i mean 
even book jump man from gender i'm just like oh man these people it's, selling their souls like when um gen liquid gen used to be a, a leo player and then he gave up leo and played shaheen yeah. because shaheen was so strong and then now that leroy's come out it's like hey i'm gonna go to leroy now it's like at the same time it's like you can't blame them but then it's like the characters are not strong enough like what do you what can you do yeah Especially if you're a sponsored tournament player, you need results. Yeah, you're obviously going to jump to Leroy. Like, yeah. I don't blame them at all. Yeah, you kind of have to think with that. You kind of have to keep that kind of business mentality in mind. Yeah, you you want that result because yeah. you need to please your sponsor because they're the ones that are paying the bills for you. Definitely, and I feel like that's why I don't blame them at all. Mm. So, I mean, it's a difficult like position right now for Tekken. But I feel like um, once the development team kind of figures out how they're going to fix the whole Leroy thing and maybe buff a bunch of the other characters, I think the game should be back to normal again. If that new character, um, Fakuram, I think he's pronounced. Fakumram, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, if he's not another Leroy situation, then I think we'll be fine. I think it's just it'll take some time for everyone to get over the whole Leroy 7 you know, saying, and then I think Tekken will be back to normal. Yeah, I think hope. we just we just need to like let it blow over. I think. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, what do you think of the new patch with the changes to Leroy and the subtle changes to, you know, the few characters that were mentioned? I don't think Leo was mentioned, was she? Leo was mentioned, but I don't know why because that move that they changed, I've never seen it do what it said it, the bug was. So I don't even know, like what was supposed to be fixed but apparently four three used to do some weird hit animation i don't know because I, I use that move all the time and it was fine so i don't know but in terms of leroy i honestly don't know because i haven't played enough leroy's to really know yeah like i've kind of been avoiding playing online since he came out so yeah yeah well i've avoided I've yeah i've avoided online solely for leroy but <clears> yeah <throat> i mean down one plus two um that's i mean that's that's my biggest yeah there's down one plus two the parries as well you know the it, no changes to the parry um the down back one plus two that that parry as well that cancels the you know that mid that intercepts the attack um yeah oh that one yeah yeah i think um it's like i said earlier like these changes right now are just not enough after we've seen what the character is capable of yeah and I think it's a little bit too late. It's like, if you're only going to release this now after what's happened, we should have just waited a bit longer and just get a proper patch where it fixes Leroy in a bigger way rather than just minor things that don't even matter now because Evo Japan's already over. Yeah. It's not going to make a difference now. So maybe before that Tokyo Tekken World Tour um, event, maybe we'll see some variety this time. Mm. I don't know. Here's a it's big qu- here's a big question. If Tio's wanted to ban Leroy, do you do you think that's uh, an acceptable choice? Um <clears throat> I kind of feel like it is because when Zafina came out, it was during tournament season, so obviously they didn't want everyone just playing a new character so that all the people that didn't play new characters wouldn't get destroyed. And I feel like that's kind of fair 
but then at the same time, like Leroy's been out for a while, so they kind of kind of can't just suddenly say, oh, "This character's too strong. We can't like mm. it'll be used in the tournament." So I think it's kind of fifty-fifty for me. Like it's kind of fair, but then at the same time, time frame-wise, I think it's a bit too too late. It's too too too. It's already done, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's too late. So that's all right. Tell me what your uh, most uh, the ma- so like tell me one of your most um, important matches, uh, tournament wise. Um, or, sh- or should I say memorable? I meant to say your most memorable match in tournament for last year, or just in general. Um, yeah, for last year. I think it was Arashi's Anarchy, where I had to play against. Hartebius, that Rotorua. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, she was um, quite good, and I think that was a really intense match for me. And because it was on stream as well, I was like, man, you know, I don't want to get destroyed. Not because she's female, but just because like I don't know Xiaoyu, so yeah. I was really scared. I was like, I don't know how she plays. Never played her before, and I don't know how good she is compared to me so it's like i just don't know anything and i kind of just had to play really solid and i think she actually kind of pushed me further in that sense because she was actually blocking a lot of my um big lows which most people don't because most people generally don't know much about leo other than just the simple back one four or mix-ups or just like down back four one right yeah. So for me to get like almost all my house, like full crouch down for threes blocked, I was like, man, this isn't going to work. Like, how, what am I going to do? And I, I guess I just had to kind of wait for her to make mistakes and kind of just be patient. And I think it taught me a lot to realize that even without um, like certain moves, you can still win. You just have to kind of focus a lot on what your opponent's doing rather than what you're doing so then you can kind of figure out what you can do accordingly because once you realize what your opponent's doing it's actually a lot easier than trying to figure out what you should do because once you know what they're doing you immediately know what your options are to counter specific things that they decide to do at certain ranges yeah that's what really helped me the most and then after that i also realized like how much progress i've made in that time frame of competing last year since I've returned. Yeah. Because that was like the last Hamilton tournament for that year. So Yeah, because Rushi was running um, those like university like weekly things and um, long story short, he thought he had them he thought he had to yeah, speak with yeah. them till a certain time period. They're like, Oh, actually we cut it short, like way short. So like yeah, he was yeah. pretty much like not doing that anymore but he was going to do like the final rambats with them, like as a wrap up. So this yeah, was, yeah, so yeah. he did it himself. Yeah. So he ran the thing himself, eh? just as a, Oh, this will wrap up the year. I think it was supposed to be the day before, but because it didn't end up happening, he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to host a, a, a usual handbats on this, on the day after. And let's just all come down and have fun. And it just ended up being one of the best tournaments of the year. I think, I think that was probably like, Aside from Southern Cross Up, like that was probably one of my favorite tournaments I attended last year. That was like probably the best one, in my opinion. That wasn't a major. Yeah. 
Like it was so many like good games, heaps of people, just enjoying each other, like company, and just it was great. Like that was probably by far the best, like hands down. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh yeah, and we had fish and chips as well, eh? They always the Hamilton the Hambats people. They always shout food after, always. Yeah, they, I think they're really like family vibe, very family. community. Yeah, and I think that's what I liked about it because like. I kind of got to know them over the course of like attending multiple Ram- uh, Hambats, Hamilton Rambats, Hambats, and um, getting to know Dean and like AJ as anything and stuff like that. So I kind of started almost becoming a Hammy, I guess. A Hammy. I'd say, I guess I guess I'd say I'd rep Hamilton and Auckland at the same time. Yeah. So you know it was great just to be included as a Hamilton you know a fellow Hamilton so it was great and I think um I definitely would want to go down there again so I think next year yeah. if I can make it to Hambats whenever I can I'm definitely going down that's and good. definitely making it to war as well I haven't been to yeah. war yet that's gonna be great that's I think that's coming soon. yeah in April yeah in April eh? yeah it's pretty soon I think it's like another two months because it's pretty much Feb now so mm. midnight so <laughs> two more months and <laughs> one of my best experiences last year was actually the event that you and uh, Zazob you and Jamie ran which was the game tan thing uh, it was more Jamie than me I kind of just like no but you still put in work still still put in like, yeah I mean it was it was more him though because he was kind of like doing the first of the 10s I was kind of just doing the casual stuff but I mean I did I did work on like ideas with him and had like discussions with him on like how we should run like the format of it all yeah. and yeah, that, that was definitely a. Um, oh, actually, really... for those who don't know, um, actually, just for those who don't know, just quickly explain what the Game Ten um, event was. So, um, what we did was a round robin first to ten session with like six people. So we had me, you, Rambo, Wowzer, Zazov, and NCEA, and we all had to play each other. And we had to do first attempts. It was kind of just a practice session type thing. So it wasn't really about like who won the most first attempts or anything. It was more of just like we need to play more long sets as a FGC because most of the time we just play first to twos and first to threes in tournament well, setting. The whole fact was is like a lot of us don't like most of the time a lot of us don't get to winners final losers final so we don't we not hardly any of us have the first to three let alone yeah exactly we do a first to ten so yeah it was just a good that you said it was a good experience i think it was also because um long sets really make you think about how to approach matches because you start off the first to ten in a certain way and then you slowly get figured out by your opponent or you figure out your opponent and then they can't you constantly have to adjust how you're playing, what you're going to do, and how you're going to approach the match. So it's kind of like a really good testing ground for yourself and the other player to learn about your character and just yourself as a player because there's so many aspects of a long set that you don't really realize until you actually play a long set, especially multiple long sets. Because what you realize is in a short set is that most of the time, unless you're really familiar with the player generally it's going to be like really back and forth until whoever wins first wins but in a long set 
a player gets to take their time, slowly figure things out, and actually kind of like just adjust accordingly, because you have that those extra games to kind of experiment and test your opponent or test yourself. So you get more chances to kind of adapt and stuff. Whereas in short sets, it's just not possible. Yeah. Like it, it just can't happen because <laughs> it just it ends so quickly. <laughs> it was great because by the time you figure out your opponent, like it's already over. Yeah, man. So. It was great because it showed me that I'm not used to long sets, and I think a lot of our scene isn't. And it was such a good, it was a good eye opener. Like I wish we had more first to tens. Like just overall. I think it's also for some of us we don't actually get to play certain people in tournament at all because we just never get to a certain like placing or yeah like the finals and stuff and generally we always have a consistent like top eight i guess and i it was my first time playing a lot of the people there that session so i didn't really know how to approach certain like first attempts but the people that i usually play against all the time even in casuals or just in tournaments like it, I feel like the less you know your opponent, the more you learn. Because, like, if you play someone all the time, you kind of have a fair idea of their character habits, what they tend to do often, or, like, their knowledge of, like, how they play against you. But when you both never played each other, it's really more enlightening in the sense that, like, you both have no idea what's going to happen in these yeah. 10 games. It can be any sort of outcome, and it wouldn't matter. At the end of the day, you're still walking away with knowledge, experience, and just getting more um, out of your game in general because you've experienced that long set now. You, you have an idea of what you should approach in a long set or like how you should approach a long set. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference. After the first like two or three like long sets, you definitely start to get the hang of it because even though it's still tiring it's like the first one you're always like man this is so long like how do i keep the momentum or whatever like you just don't know yeah and then once you've done like a few it's like okay i, I kind of have an idea of how i should do this now but it's it's definitely true like a lot of us aren't used to long sets because we just don't do those kind of like long sets at all and usually when we do it's like first of three casuals and then we'll just like rotate and just like play someone else yeah or like go off and do something else especially when there's limited setups that are rambats or something right so yeah it's definitely something i think we should do more often yeah so hopefully we can have some more if you um if you had to choose the next lineup for the first of 10 can you think of six players from our scene um it'd be nice to get some like non-Auckland players and actually like, like AJ and stuff right yeah like AJ even Blackout um who else is there there's can't think of names right now um there's a few um Hamilton players I think should come to Auckland and do like long sets like AJ Dean even like um Majin Buu, the Marduk player oh man he's a crack up bro yeah, he was, he was he's he's a G, he's a G man. He's cool. I feel like I feel like even some of the um, Aussies have a um, advantage over us in terms of long sets. I think. Oh, they, they, they so are many... they're on a different level. Just even in that, just even in first of tens, I think like 
yeah in terms of the competitive so, like level they yeah like they could cruise in first to tens compared to us I, I definitely feel like we should go out of Auckland to get some more players in for the next lineup because that way the scene can kind of like even it out whereas like if Auckland's just too good the other scenes need to catch up and then it's more work for them for yeah them. yeah because because sh- Auckland's always going to be stronger no matter what because majority of the strongest top players reside in Auckland so we'll all constantly have that advantage over them but if we can like organize them to have first to ten long sets with us and stuff on a regular basis we're not just only us leveling up everyone else is leveling up at the same time and then we can all level up together and I think that's the ultimate goal yeah would you want to do one for Street Fighter as well I think Jamie does want to do one for Street Fighter but um I'm not actually sure exactly when or if it will be anytime soon, but he said it'd be great to do one for Tekken and Street Fighter. So I think that's definitely something he's thought of. And since I'm getting into Street Fighter again, I'd probably want to, but I think I'd need to practice more first because I think Street Fighter is a whole different ballpark compared to Tekken, especially Street Fighter V. Well, is there someone in the scene that you haven't faced yet in tournament or in casuals that you want to? Um, I think I've always wanted to play against, um, there was a guy that was at Southern Cross-Up, um, what was his name? That good old Anu fella, I think I only played him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we played against him and casuals at, um, Damager Cup, but we were just like having fun on the side. I think I only played like two games with him, I think that's someone I really want to play like because we don't get enough yoshis in in the nz like this yeah all we ha- all we have is like fergus Kumos. like that's the yeah. only one i can think of like the only that's... one like we physically know of <laughs> yeah yeah so i think we just need more um characters that are uncommon that we should play against more often yeah because sometimes learning a character takes a lot of effort and might not end up benefiting us in the same way that playing against someone that's already known the character like really well in a matchup would benefit i think what is like for me i've i've learned a lot just from playing like zazob's julia like i've tried learning julia but julia is really hard but just playing against julia itself i think definitely has made a difference even like just in general like i know the character more in terms of like how to deal with the character I yeah. think I, I think in different, that's why I think we should play more uncommon characters I think yeah I found it quite funny because I went to Damager Cup obviously yeah. to support the Street Fighter guys I didn't go yeah, to play yeah, Tekken yeah. and obviously I was surprised seeing a few of you guys there and I'm watching and then like I walk past one of the beer booths and I see the laptop and like seven of you guys are just like all huddled around that laptop I feel like Street Fighter <laughs> Street Fighter players can stand and watch Tekken but Tekken players can't do the same for Street Fighter. Like, they'll watch it, they'll get bored, and it's like, oh, like, Mia, can you get your laptop? <laughs> Let's run some sets. I think it's mostly that way for those that don't play Street Fighter. Like, whereas if it's like me or Jamie, and even yourself, we can watch Street Fighter, like, no problem. I think it's because we find it interesting. Mm. I think it's just for those that have never really played it or dabbled in Street Fighter, just think, oh, it's probably like how Akuma plays in Tekken, just no like sidestepping. It's probably really boring. Yeah, I think that's why. I think it's just a like really weird perception of it. But I think Street Fighter is like 
one of those games that's probably more friendly to watch from like a casual audience, I feel, compared to Tekken. Yeah. But I think it's just yeah, Tekken players. That. Most Tekken players don't play Street Fighter, so I think that's why we'd rather just play Tekken. Than... Yeah, they're a different. They're a different breed, eh? Like people have said that a Tekken player just doesn't. They don't play multiple fighting games. Like they'll generally just be a Tekken player. But Street Fighter players, I mean, they they can not only watch, but they'll get interested in Tekken as well. Um, I think I think it's mostly because um, Street Fighter is a lot easier to learn, whereas Tekken takes so much time and dedication to get good at that. It's like, why should I spend time playing another game when I could just focus more on Tekken and get even better? I think that's their like mindset. I think. Yeah. Because it's hard juggling two games. Like I've I've kind of done it before. It's it's very hard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I guess ask now. Who's your fighting game waifu? Um, I definitely say Lily. <laughs> like, really? I've always yeah. I mean, no. Leo's kind of no not really confirmed to be a female. But I always referred to her as a female from the original story before. Yeah, well, to well, well, it. we can talk about that because I actually wanted to know what your what your thoughts were. I thought she, I thought Leia was a female. I thought Leia was a female. Well, when I first decided to pick up the character, that was the backstory that she was hiding her identity from Kazuya so that she could find out who killed her mother. But then it got changed, and suddenly Leia has no gender now. And it's like it's up to interpretation. I'm like, <clears throat> this is such a like weird change. I think they did that on purpose, but at the same time, I like the whole female hiding her identity thing to find out what really happened to her mom. Like, I think that's a cool backstory. It's yeah. edgy as hell, you know. Like, so I've always referred to her as a female, but unfortunately, people have different opinions. Yeah. So I don't know. But Lily's. But Lily is your waifu. Yeah, only appearance-wise. I don't like like her personality as a character. I think she's pretty snobby. I think I'm just basing this off like physical appearance. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's sweet, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only way I can say it to make up for Leia not officially being female. No, nah, fair Otherwise, enough. it'd just be Leia all the way. No, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks again, Spirit. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Do you have any um, like last-minute words or shout-outs? Um, shout outs to Standing Fierce, Dave, and all the crew there for constantly supporting us as a community and helping us have events and stuff. So, thanks to you guys and all the all the guys down in Hamilton. Hope to see you guys next year. And uh, thanks to you and Soul Shakers for hosting some stuff every now and then. Greatly appreciated. No, you're welcome, yeah. man. Well, thanks for watching, everyone, and we'll see you again next time. Peace. <laughs>